everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about news pertaining to video games and entertainment, and talk about what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, with my co-host here. Uh, Craig, and this should be the last one of the year, right? Yes, uh, depending on when I decide to edit this and put it up, it's going to be going up on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So you you guys will have something to listen to while traveling to your you know loved ones' houses. <laughs> and on the topic of that, we hope you all had a happy holiday, uh, just in general. We hope you got all the PS5s and all the Xboxes <laughs> you wanted. We hope you got that brand new spanking 65-inch HDMI 2.1 TV Ooh. that allows you to take advantage of all of that. We we just hope you had a good good holiday just in general. Yeah, I think uh, mine was okay. How was yours? Mine was pretty good. good. I got a, I, got, I got to extend my uh, Game Pass Ultimate for a couple months. Nice. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm glad I got some of that in, in general. <laughs> the ultimate gift. Mm-hmm. And then just on top of that as well, now that kind of the holidays are over, we'd also want to be one of the ones to wish you a happy New Year, as. This is going up either the day before or on Christmas or on a New Year's Eve. Yeah. And, you know, let's, you know, let's try to get out of 2020 as fast <laughs> as possible. Right, guys? Uh-huh. I wish I could be as optimistic as everybody who's saying like, yeah, 2020 is over. But like, I don't think it's just magically going to get better anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so either. But I think the whole point of getting out of this is getting out of 2020 is the fact that we're just not there anymore. Yeah. Which, you know, if you've been hanging on to 2020 being the worst year of your life, first off, I'm sorry. I know it's a hard year for everybody, but mm-hmm. also, you know, we, we got to get through it. And I think that's what one of the movies that we're going to talk about here kind of goes over as yeah. well. Yeah, that's true for, for sure. But with that, let's go ahead and get into the news, which we're kind of in the slow period. Oh, yeah. All of the everybody's kind of on vacation except for us because you know we work for you guys and mm-hmm. you and we're never on vacation for it. Always so, on call. There's a little bit of news and games played. It's kind of everybody working on their backlogs at least at this point. So, yeah. uh, first off for news and it's I can't believe I have to talk about this. It's the stupid KFC console. <laughs> I had this as well. I was super pumped. So this KFC decided to release a console. It, it's it's a PC, if I'm being completely honest. Yep. It has it has everything you want in a PC, but it also has the ability to keep your chicken warm, apparently. <laughs> so it's a and, it's a computer with a microwave. Yeah, it's a computer <laughs> with some sort of toaster that keeps your KFC chicken uh, warm. Now, I'm. I don't think this is something that's going to go out and sell to the public. I, I really no. don't. I think KFC is probably making a couple of these and might give them away as some sort of promotional thing for shopping at K or buying something with KFC, mm-hmm. or it's going to be something they make and give out to influencers, which is usually what ends up happening. Yeah. I kind of hope they give these away because when I read like the specs, it's not a bad computer at all. Um, it's no. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it looks like it, it looks like a good computer and you could pretty much run anything on it, probably even cyberpunk. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know, I'd have to I'd have to test to see how this keeps my chicken warm. Like <laughs> if I buy, you know, some chicken nuggets or chicken strips from KFC and I put them in this chicken warmer when I eat them in an hour, because that's, you know, uh, to take a gaming break and to eat a snack. Yeah. Uh, is this chicken still going to taste fresh and is even at all good? True. So the so I the only way to answer that question is I'm looking directly at you, KFC. Is you're going to have to send us two? Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think it's a we have a KFC that we could go to. I could yep. absolutely test this out, and and I could let people know how great it is. To be honest, we could both use new computers to start editing and stuff like that. And if yep. a KFC console is what it takes, <laughs> I'll run my set off of a KFC console if I have to. Yeah, me too. Me too. I didn't, it didn't really seem like from the picture that it was overly plastered with the KFC logo, though. Like it did seem kind of. Um, it just looks like an air fryer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you would expect like a big red you know, KFC on all four sides, but they really didn't go that route. So I'm actually impressed with them kind of restraining themselves a little bit. 
Yeah, and props to KFC. Like they they're really good with like their marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was with like the Colonel Sanders, the Colonel Sanders like dating simulator that was popular <laughs> at one point. There's a lot of like weird stuff that KFC does and it just seems to gain traction and it seems to do well no matter what it is. So good on KFC for realizing there's a console crisis going on and they decide to make fun of it all, which in point is hilarious. It is pretty funny. <laughs> but good on KFC. Yeah. Um, just uh, like one other thing that I had for the news, which is kind of a quick one. Uh, the Switch outsold the PS5 four to one this holiday. But I did want to put like an asterisk next to that because part of that is due to the fact that you can't really get a PS5. Um, but also it's kind of a testament to the Switch is still killing it, which is crazy. Yeah, but all these people are going to get Switches. And then in March, when we inevitably, I think, or at some point next year, get the Switch Pro, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, damn, I should have waited. <laughs> and then there's an even more like bigger group trying to get the Switch Pro. It's going to be the same exact thing with the consoles that happen this holiday season yeah there's not going to be enough switch pros to go around no matter how many you make or what you do with them it's just not going to be enough and i think i think it's going to be the the drought between being able to get one will i think be a lot shorter than what it is for the ps5 and xbox series x right now but you know they nintendo has to come out with something new and while it is good that the switch is selling as well as it is they also need to bring out some games next year for it they definitely do they definitely took the year off kind of um i'm also be curious to see like the number of people who wanted a ps5 or an xbox for christmas like what the number is of those who didn't get one who ended up with like 500 dollars in cash or like you know what i mean or like a 500 hundred dollar gift card since they or a, get it. or a picture of yeah. a PS5 under their <laughs> under their tree and went, we're gonna try to get you one eventually. Yep, that kind of thing. So all these people sitting on five hundred dollar gift cards, just waiting and still can't get one. Yeah, and I guess this is a transition to that. It's not really a news story, but if you were on Christmas, like on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that, you saw all the people like pranking their kids. Yep, with PS5s, and while I'll admit it's funny. uh it's hard to imagine uh like what's going through those kids minds or at least for a lot of other people because for me you know and we've talked about it on the show one of the bigger gaming moments was getting a ps3 yeah when uh when it when when it came out for christmas and it was hidden in a box that i like it was i think just a plain brown box and we went what the heck is this (laughs) and then when we opened it we went oh my god like that kind of thing (laughs) yeah and you know, I feel so bad. Like, I have to admit, I feel bad for the kids that didn't get a PS5 that wanted one. But, you know, this is probably also a really good lesson in patience and virtue yep. um, for for a lot of these kids. You know, eventually you'll get one. For a lot of them, hopefully you will. And especially considering what might happen with the stimulus package stuff. You know, right. you, might, you might be able to get a couple games and controllers with it on top of it. Especially if you've been saving your money right. Or if somebody was looking to get you this console for christmas anyway yeah that's so true. so you know it's it's good and you know don't worry you'll, you'll get one eventually i've I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in that you know good things come to those who wait and you guys won't have to deal with the ps5 storage problems hopefully <laughs> you can already put in an ssd by that point right and you guys won't have to deal with cyberpunk's problems because it'll already be fixed hopefully maybe by then <laughs> should be by then you would think but uh, just a couple smaller news stories. Uh, for one, Sony put out an update that'll let you know if you're playing a PS4 version of a game, and it'll like tell you, "Hey, do you want to play the PS5 version?" You can press yes, and it'll switch to the PS5 version. It's kind of a cool thing, considering that with Xbox, people didn't know what version of the game they were playing. Yeah. So you just kind of had to guess. And PlayStation Two, you just kind of had to guess, and you were hoping that you were playing the right one. It's kind of hard to tell, <laughs> which. Yeah, and I, I think with the Xbox too, like it doesn't even matter because there is no like uh, Series X version of anything yet, really, besides what 2K. <laughs> so it's yeah. not as important for them. But for PS5, that is a really cool thing, especially that allows you to just be like, hey, do you want to play it? Cool. Here you go. Like, that's really nice. Yeah, and it just makes things easier, less confusing, especially considering a lot of kids who did get their hands on the console for Christmas don't probably really know 
what what to do if you were playing the PS4 version because it wouldn't tell you right in the first place. Yeah. And then really the only other news story I had was the lawsuit against Cyberpunk is actually gaining traction <laughs> and an investor is now suing CD Project Red again like it it's an investor so this investor probably like has nothing to do with video games if I'm being completely honest and probably didn't you know, probably doesn't know what it takes to make a video game or what yeah there was probably just an investor with a lot of money to spend and hoping to get a lot of money um once cg products read you know stock was supposed to skyrocket because of how successful cyberpunk was and again you know it's it's not gamers fault you know craig and i we talked about it last podcast we've accepted the fact that cyberpunk's a little bit broken and it's going to take some time to fix but there's no need to sue people over it right you know it'll it'll get right games are much like software or you know and and this year is so crazy just in general i think you know we have to have to learn to forgive you don't have to forget but forgiving especially for 2020 is kind of i think what a lot of people need to do with this game (laughs) yeah let it go if you're really that upset about how it plays then don't play it until they fix it that seems like a pretty easy solution to me yeah either that or be part of the solution you know come up come up with mods or something and then you know if try to get in the hands of cd project red yeah you go hey you know this is something i think that could be fixed this is how i did it and it's gonna be like oh okay and who knows maybe you end up with a better paying job yeah that's true But that's really all I have for news. Is there anything else you had, Craig? Nope. You got my KFC console, so that was cool. the only other thing I had. All right. Well, for games played this week, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, we're both kind of busy writing Game of the Year and Movie of the Year type things. Mm-hmm. So, And there's not really a lot of games coming out. Now, I know Craig probably has some stuff to talk about considering he got a VR. Correct. For, for <laughs> Correct. Christmas. So. For me, what I will explain is uh, kind of my gaming situation right now. One, I'm going to pump the brakes on Cy- on Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm getting into the story, but these bugs are just kind of bringing me out of it, you know? And in a lot of these ways, the game, you're supposed to immerse yourself as the character. But when there are all these glitches with the game and things not loading in properly and stopping me from, like, progressing my own mission for that meet for that matter and i have to restart and i'm not sure if it's based on difficulty but hard difficulty the enemies either headshot me and i'm dead like within two seconds or they're dumb as bricks <laughs> so there really is there really is no in between i either get frustrated because one they're killing me so quickly and i should just turn down the difficulty but regardless um you know people not loading in having to restart missions and that kind of thing and even like in general cutscenes, when there are bugs, it tends to take you out of that immersion. Where in Cyberpunk, you know, you're just supposed to immerse yourself in the game, much mm-hmm. like how Fallout was, The Witcher is, and in a lot of ways, that's what you're supposed to do with these games. So, I think I'm going to give it time to fix itself, much like I did with Star Wars: uh, Fallen Order Jedi or Order. Jedi. Jedi Order. Jedi, Jedi, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Order. <laughs> one of the one of the five yeah. titles you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, that's much that, like I did with that. That's interesting because I like that was the one game that I really like hammered into this week was Cyberpunk because I really wanted to like get into it. So I put a lot more time into it and I've had more like bugs than I did the first 10 hours, but I really haven't had anything like game breaking yet. I've had um, some cutscenes where the audio from a character ta- uh, would be like echoing. So it'd be like two of the same audio track going. Um, yeah, or they start talking over each other. Right. Yeah. I've had that, but I really haven't had anything game breaking yet. Um, I don't know which one of us is farther at this point. Like I've put a lot of time into it, but I don't know how far I am into the actual main story because I keep getting distracted. And I tend <laughs> to like, I go through my journal and I look at like, all right, which one of these missions and side missions and gigs are like moderate difficulty. Yep. And then exactly I'll, what I'm doing. Yep. And then I go do all those. And then I just keep as you level up. I think I'm level 19 at this point, I think. Um, okay. So I've just been kind of doing that. So I have no idea how far I am in the story. I don't really know if there's like a percentage or anything that they tell you, but um, and obviously I don't want to spoil anything, but I've been having a 
still a pretty good time with it. I'm still trying to figure out if it's something that belongs on a top 10 list for me this year or not. It's kind of like hanging in the balance for me. Yeah. I like, I want to, I want to do our podcast with it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've been having issues with people loading in and, you know, and it's, it's the small things that annoy me, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. get super angry at the developer about it, but yeah, the, the audio talking over each other, really can kind of get on my nerves sometimes because yeah. I'm I'm into the story. I'm trying to figure it out. And my characters, when I didn't tell him to do anything, is yelling over, you know, somebody else. So it's Yeah, I've it, had it, that quite a bit. And it does like make it hard to understand like who's saying what because you have you have like the dialogue on the screen that I read as well, but there's like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a little that is definitely messy and needs fixed. So hopefully they get it at least that part figured out soon. Yeah. I know they talked about having a new year's patch or something that's slightly coming out. Uh, that's supposed to come out slightly after new year. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's what comes out and maybe fixes a couple problems. One of the other thing that I've been doing in uh, playing is the Spider-Man remastered on okay. PS five. And I needed to try out this performance RT mode, which in in both Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered, you could pick between 30 frames a second with ray tracing on mm-hmm. or 60 frames a second with ray tracing off. Performance RT now is 60 frames a second with certain important aspects of ray tracing, but it like takes down the crowd level or you know the the density okay. of some of the things that are in like the New York world there. And it took me a while to get used to it because I think it's I think I was having the soap opera effect that comes with like, you know, some of the TVs, Mm -hmm. but it comes at the cost of things like loading in. Like I was trying to collect backpacks and they weren't loading in. None of them were. Oh, so I had to restart my game and some backpacks loaded in and then some others didn't. So I'm not sure if it's like a known I, I have to imagine it's known by now because this update's actually been out for a couple weeks but i'm happy that i can play 60 frames a second and get ray tracing on spider-man i just wish um stuff would load (laughs) so it looks good at least yeah it's it's really like crazy how smooth it looks when you're web swinging Mm -hmm. but like i said it really messed with my eyes for the first uh for the first little bit there and pretty much it's just tackling my backlog until Hitman 3 comes out because that comes out in kind of earliest January. Yeah. Yeah. And I have um, before I get into what I played, like I ended up I did get Assassin's Creed for Christmas and like I haven't even opened it because I don't even want to attempt that yet. <laughs> There's just too many <laughs> other games like I got that and uh, uh, Watch Dogs Legions, which I still haven't beat. And I'm just like, man, I I want to play Assassin's Creed. I feel like I should to see if, you know, it belongs on a, a list of best of the year for me or not. But I, I really need to stick to one thing at a time. And for now, that's going to end up being Cyberpunk because I do want to finish that game. But again, I don't know how much longer that's going to take me. So yeah. I think Assassin's Creed will probably end up being something that I get into early next year, maybe like middle of January or something like that. And hopefully I like it. Uh, do you kind of, did you stop playing it? Yeah, I did at okay. the moment, but I, I do want to get back to it. It was one of the things that I want to tackle in my gaming backlog. That's why I'm trying to finish Spider-Man Remastered right now. Right. But the, and here's the thing that I'm probably going to mention with like what happens with kind of our game of the year discussions. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla could catch on and be one of the greatest games I ever played, but because I didn't finish it in 2020, Mm-hmm. I would leave that for my list to 2021. Right. And I think that's a fair thing for a lot of people to do considering how backlogged we all are Yeah. on everything. So I, you know, and it's not going to be something egregious where I play horizon zero dawn. I finally beat it and then go, Oh, this has to be on my top 10 list. I'm not going to do that because <laughs> that game's a couple years old. Right. And that would, that wouldn't make a lot of sense from a journalistic perspective, I guess. And you know, I wish I had time to play everything, but yeah. the holiday season makes it very difficult and our jobs aren't playing video games full time as much as let me tell you, I'd love. Oh, yeah. I'd love to play video games for eight hours a day and just write and edit and make reviews and 
topics and talk to people about it. It's not our job. So, you know, this is, it's a side hobby. And if you guys trust me, if you want it to be our job, just share the podcast. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Self plug. Yep. I think what I noticed going through, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to put on a top 10 list was for how crazy this year was. This was a good year for video games. It really was. There's just a ton of games. Yeah, getting into video games this year was probably like one of the best things that yeah. could have happened to video games in a lot of ways. And yep. I think we can kind of get more into that once we talk about all the games that came out this year mm-hmm. and what, unfortunately, what COVID did for gaming. Yeah. Because, it, you know, we've talked about it before. It's, it's a crappy situation, but gaming surplused you know, through, through COVID and gave us a way to talk to people that we would otherwise not be seeing. Mm-hmm. So in, in a lot of ways, uh, gaming has become important, uh, that important or even essential in our world right now, but I'm not going to get into it. I'll, <laughs> I'll stop there. I won't get into a whole spiel. Yeah. And if everything stays on track the way it's looking now, like 2021 is going to be a pretty good year for games too. There's a lot of big games scheduled to come out. So Hopefully it's just as good as this year. Um, so as you did mention, I, I did get my VR this week, so I have some of those games. But the other non-VR game that I played this week was John Wick Hex. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I have. I did hear about that. Yeah, so this game on paper is kind of an interesting style of game. It's a top-down. Um, you kind of move John Wick like you would move your character in XCOM, where you know each type of movement you have costs. Um, It's not like a point system. It's like a time system. So you have like three seconds each turn and like it can be running, moving, rolling, uh, reloading, anything like that. Um, So it's kind of a cool way to do, you know, to pull off how John Wick manages to just kill everybody around him so quickly. And there's a lot of uh, like pretty much, Everybody from the movie besides Keanu Reeves is like voice acting in this game, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but to me, like it, the game itself was just not fun to play. Um, and I really wanted to because I love John Wick. And on paper, this seems like a cool thing. Um, it's kind of I was like, oh, it's kind of like a like a super hot only, you know, like a strategy top down style, which I could get into that. But turns out I can't because it's just not very good. So um super disappointed in that one i was looking forward to that and to have it be kind of a bummer was not the greatest but there's other games that i played so it's okay uh so that's a pass and then i uh just jumped all the way into the world of vr this week on the oculus you're getting close to cyberpunk territory (laughs) oh my god yeah um i will say the one thing they don't tell you is the uh i don't know what you would call it withdraw or whatever it is but motion sickness yeah i don't even even think it's motion sickness for me it's not an issue of me like i like being like i need to lay down it's an issue of if i play it and then i take it off and i'm walking around the house like feeling the walls to make sure they're actually there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like they don't warn you about that that side of it um for the you know a couple days after i first got it it was kind of throwing me off a little bit but i think i'm used to it now and uh, man it's it's crazy. I wasn't sure if I was going to be super into it, but I am totally super into it. Oh. Um, I, it's not something that like I would want to be like, oh, I'm going to put this on and watch a movie in like a virtual movie theater. I mean, that's cool, but I don't see myself doing that that often. I'm, you know, I'm 100 percent just here to play the games that I've heard a bunch about and I really wanted to try out. So I did pick up, I think, three games this week besides like the free ones. Um, so first one I picked up was of course, super hot in VR, which everybody says is like one of the ones that you need to play. Um, and man, they were not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, obviously, you know, everybody knows from the podcast that I enjoy playing super hot. Um, it's on game pass, but it's just a whole different thing in VR. And it's like, that was like the first game I played besides the, like intro that Oculus has on there to kind of get used to using the controllers. Um, but by far out of all the games I've played is the one that a hundred percent, you kind of lose track that you're in a VR headset 
and you i know i look like a complete idiot playing this game <laughs> I, I like it's not even a like if somebody were filming me it would be ridiculous but i'm just like ducking on the ground and like peeking around corners and it's just it makes you feel like you're uh john wick really you know so i think everybody knows what the game super hot is but playing it in vr is insane so like it technically i think this game came out like what two years ago three years ago now um so i'm kind of struggling as far as i think it belongs on a top 10 list for me this year because technically it came out on the oculus quest 2 this year but i don't know i'll figure that out but absolutely loved that game it's very quick i think you can beat it in like two or three hours um, but then you have like an endless mode and they had a Christmas mode going on. So if you're picking up an Oculus or you got one for Christmas, that's probably the best $15 you can spend right now. So can't recommend that one enough. Um, and then I also picked up, of course, I picked up House Flipper in VR since I played the crap out of that on PC. And that one's pretty fun. I would say it's not as good as it is on console. Um it doesn't look very good in VR. Uh, but again, if you're into, you know, cleaning, I guess, as a way of relaxing, if you really want to do that, it's pretty cool to be able to just kind of be painting walls and picking up trash and all that good stuff, putting sinks together. Um, so that one, not as much fun for me, but I still enjoyed it, um, the time that I spent with it. And then the other one that I picked up was Vader Immortal which is the Star Wars one, not the newest yes, Star Wars yes, one. This is, the, this is the one I definitely want to hear. About. <laughs> so um, this was the first one that first game I played that after like a half hour or so, I was like, oh, I need to I need to take a break. This is messing with me a little bit. I didn't have that issue with Super Hot, but I think it's because with Super Hot, you're not actually moving, right? Like you're always in one stationary position and yeah. you're just kind of dodging. Whereas with uh, Vader Immortal, you're you're either, you know, you're you're teleporting instead of walking, but it still kind of threw me off a little bit when I first started doing it. Um, so I had to take a break after like 30 minutes the first, I think, two times I played it. But if you're into Star Wars, like this is this is really cool. There's three episodes. I think right now, like I got all three for 20 bucks, which is a cool deal. Um, I beat the first episode. I'm like halfway through the second episode. They're about like two hours a piece so they're pretty short um That's decent for, yeah for 20 bucks yeah but man like i it just you're in the middle of a star wars universe and it's insane um just looking around and like interacting with stuff and the first time you know it's pretty close to the beginning but the first time you interact with darth vader and he walks up to you and he's just like towering over top of you it's it's a pretty cool sight um, to have, you know, Vader right in front of your face. And he's just this huge imposing figure. Um, but for the most part, it's a game of like, you have a lightsaber, you do lightsaber duels. Um, climbing stuff is trippy, super trippy, climbing up and down things. But it's, I've been having a ton of fun with that too. So another one I would highly recommend. There is also the newer Star Wars VR experience that came out, but I did not do that one yet. I don't okay. want to like I'm having an issue where I want to buy everything. And that's always a bad thing to get into because I'll be spending <laughs> like hundreds of dollars on games. So I'm trying to limit myself. You know, I was like, I have like three games. I need to at least play these before I go and drop like a hundred dollars more on stuff. So I am toning it back a little bit. Um, I have tried some new stuff. I did try the VR chat and that was an experience and a half. I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I, My I don't God. <laughs> it, I, the, the first time I, I opened it up, I installed it and opened it up. It was like there was a kid yelling. Um, I don't even know what he was yelling. There was another kid that was like flossing over there. And man, I'm sure you could have some crazy good times and bad times in that. But it was like so overwhelming just the amount of people talking when I loaded in, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I know a lot of people do like VR chat, so I'll probably jump back into that again. And I did try beat saber as well. Um, which is always a ton of fun. Yeah. But the bread and butter for VR, the bread and butter. Yep. But I cannot recommend 
specifically the quest two enough it's like i think 300 dollars is a good entry point it's pretty much the price of a console right the price of a switch um yeah it's the price of yeah it is the price of the switch yeah uh only drawbacks i have is one the strap like the head strap that comes with it is not very good so i did have to order what they call the elite strap which i think is like 50 dollars um and then the battery life is not the greatest but that's to be expected i think like the first time i played super hot it lasted about two hours and then i had to charge it again so i think they say on average if you're watching something you might get three hours but average is about two to two and a half hours so it's not so like, I can't get through Avengers Endgame. I'd probably not. No, <laughs> unless you could find a way to like keep it plugged in. If you had like a longer power cable, it, it just uses USB C to charge, which right. is nice. Well, at least it's a good USB cable. At least it's right. not like oh, here's micro USB. <laughs> yeah, USB C. So it's a nice cable for that. Um, but you're definitely not going to be doing extended play sessions, and I don't think you really should be either. It does kind of mess with your head a little bit. Um, but yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. I would say to everybody, you know, if you're interested in it, this is probably the best way to go unless you're just going to build a whole computer and and do the rift or something like that. But even with this, you can buy the cable and plug it into your PC and you play other VR games as well. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good entry point. I think, I don't think $300 is asking a whole lot for what you're getting out of it. And I, you know, I've been doing a solid, at least an hour every day and been having a ton of fun. So can't, it can't suggest it enough. Barry, you're the next one. You have to get one. That way we can have VR chats together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause that's what I need to do. I can't see my problem is I can't imagine going into VR chat and I'm going to see Wakanda knuckles. I'm going to mm-hmm. see, you know, 700 Pikachus and anime <laughs> girls. And, and don't get me wrong. I like anime, but everybody's just going to be probably talking so loud and i i know the moment i get into vr chat i'm gonna i'm gonna sit there i'm gonna load into a world i'm gonna roll my eyes and i'm gonna be like why am i here (laughs) (laughs) this i am not the demographic for this game is probably what i'm gonna do but i do want to give vr a shot but i do i think i want to invest in in a system but i need to invest in my pc as well because my graphics card oh boy that i would have trouble running any sort of (laughs) vr thing right that's what that was my problem like looking at it cost wise like i would have to build another pc and then on top of that buy like the rift so you know you're looking at a good 1500 or more to get into it so you know short term for me was like oh 300 dollars, and then if it's like something i bounce off of in six months it's not as bad of a loss, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I've been having a ton of fun. So hopefully I stick with it. Um, we'll check back in in like June or July and see if it's got dust on it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah and I did want to ask you, because I know I played my brother's VR and he has the the Vive. Does your hand controllers, is there an analog stick on it that you can like actually move kind of like a joystick yep or is that not okay so it does have that okay yep it has one on each and then it also has like the the ring over the top that detects your fingers yeah so you can make like finger motions and stuff so that's all there as well yeah i was i was i played like a fire team game like you were playing with guns and you were shooting like stuff and i know with like for example playstation vr mm-hmm. you to move it was kind of just jumping it wasn't something that you actually like had an analog stick to control the person to do it with so it's just nice to hear that i know early versions of vr didn't have that but now they do so i'm just glad to hear that the quest 2 also has the analog stick feature to where you're not just jumping because i feel like that breaks the whole point of vr in a lot of ways yeah where supposed to kind of feel like you're in the world and then you just teleport to another spot which you said you do do in star wars yeah the star wars game does use that yeah um which you know using the analog six is cool but again like that's something that can really throw off your your balance real quick if you're not careful like trying to move with the analog stick and then like a lot of the games the right analog stick will still control like if you want to turn left or right and like doing that while you're turning your head is a good way to make yourself sick real quick. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I imagine. I know I played on on PSVR. I played this one game where you were kind of controlling like a robot mm-hmm. and you were jump like platforms were floating in the air and you had to jump and the movement from like being diagonal to sideways to upside down and the constant moving of that motion like that was the only game where I went, "Oh, I'm going to get sick." <laughs> because I'm not physically moving, but my perspective continues to change yeah. in a in a really fast motion. So yeah, that would be the only thing that the only time I guess I've suffered that kind of motion sickness from VR. Yeah. And then like on top of that, uh, you know, in our household, since we're, you know, we love going to Disney and we love going to like for us around here, Hershey Park, it's been nice just to do like the 360 videos. That's cool. Yeah, like that has been nice. But like, even though we're stuck in quarantine and who knows when we'll be able to go to Disney again, being able to like ride the rides and look around and feel like you're there is pretty cool, too. So tons of uses for it. I'm definitely I'm definitely getting my money's worth. That's for sure. Well, as long as you continue to, then I guess it's I guess it's all going to be good. And I I do love the fact that you have a kid that's trying out the VR stuff Mm -hmm. as well, Um, just because I feel like that has to be such a cool thing because both of us growing up did not have VR. No. So getting, getting to experience VR at, uh, like at a younger age. And that's kind of like, I guess what a lot of people would consider the cutting edge of gaming right now is still VR. Yeah. Just cause it interacts with you in a way that regular gaming doesn't to see where it's going to be from there. When, uh, when your child grows up and then, you know, we're, we literally, you know, matrix style, plug a cable into our neck and we're, you know, transported to the real world version of VR chat. And I just question everything. Yeah, I, I think that could be or it will be the future of, you know, helping to teach kids as well, too, because even doing like some of the there was like they call them immersive videos, but like videos of different areas of the world and being able to go to like the rainforest and just kind of look around and see all the different stuff there. Like that's something that could be huge for teaching kids instead of like for us, we had to look at a textbook (laughs) or even, or even looking on a computer at pictures of places that we've never been to, to be able to do like go to Africa is what we were doing last night with my kid and like looking at elephants up close. And it literally looks like they're right in front of you is really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I love like me personally, I, it's going to be in a movie that we talked about the other day but in russia there's like that one building that everybody sees it's like i i I don't think it's called the mosque Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i forget what that building is called and i feel bad that i do but in general i feel like that would be such a cool thing to visit because i don't really ever see myself visiting russia right Um, but that would be such a cool thing to kind of experience and go see and who knows, maybe you get to experience that a little bit with Microsoft Flight Simulator when that comes out. Yeah, super pumped for that. But yeah, that's all I played. A whole bunch of VR. All right, and then we'll go ahead and get on to movie slash TV shows we watched. Mm-hmm. And I'll start off, we'll start off with the big thing. It's the Battle of the Christmas Movies is what I'm <laughs> going to call it. Okay. We had Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max, and I will say... At the time of recording, you are able to stream it until January 31st. So if you haven't watched it, this is a limited timed release. Mm -hmm. So it's not something where if you're waiting for Justice League to come out and then watch Wonder Woman 1984, that's not something that's actually going to happen. Most likely you're going to have to probably shell out or use your free trial to get right um, in order to watch Wonder Woman. And then the other Christmas movie of and they're not really i guess christmas movies but they came out on christmas was soul from disney plus mm-hmm. both kind of the two big conglomerates right now trying to vie for power hbo max and disney plus even though we all know disney plus is doing really well um they still they still try to take a little bit of a little bit of it away at least in yeah. excitement for movies that come out on christmas so let me ask you which one do you want to talk about first uh Let's do Soul. All right. <laughs> uh, so I just watched Soul this afternoon. Okay. I just had time to finally watch it. And I can't say enough positive things about this movie. Yeah. Soul, the music was fantastic. The animation is... Crazy. <laughs> godlike. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, P- Pixar... 
really continues to step up the game with it and the character designs like are based in real life but are kind of ab- abstract enough to make you still f- you know feel a little bit of cartoony realism to it and the voice actors were amazing like overall this movie is just I, and i guess i'm still in all of it in all of it in a lot of ways but this movie's just fantastic any way i look at it yep i and this is, you know, and that's why I said earlier, this movie changed my entire top 10. Yeah. I think in agreed. a lot of ways <laughs> because I think I didn't expect it. If I'm being completely honest, I never saw the trailers for soul besides the really, the only reference point I had for soul was the trailer of them in their soul forms. And, um, and, you know, I'll go and say this major spoilers for both. Yeah. That's, if you yeah. We're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't want spoilers for both and the podcast here, Yep. And then come back and listen, please. I'd appreciate it if you'd come back and listen to our <laughs> opinions about it. But um, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, like the two voice actors that kind of lead this movie along, led it perfectly. And the more stuff I see Jamie Foxx in, the more I become a fan of him in acting. Uh, you know, there were, you know, that movie and Powers that came out on Netflix mm-hmm. are kind of the two biggest thing where I just saw Jamie Foxx and I was like, wow, this is great. And what was funny is over vacation, the amazing Spider-Man two was on and I'm like, oh boy, uh, this, <laughs> this is kind of hard to watch. And it's not really Jamie Foxx's fault at all. There's a lot of problems with that movie in my opinion. Right. But soul's great and I'll, I'll let you talk about it too because i probably said everything that, you, that yeah you i mean you hit you hit most of it i always like as far as my list for the year goes i was kind of holding a spot for it because i always enjoy pixar movies they really haven't ever let me down too much um but yeah this is i didn't really know what type of movie we were gonna get because even with the trailers that they did put out that i watched you didn't really get the full idea of what they were going for. You get the idea that like he is a musician and he's about to have his big break and then he dies. Um, but that's pretty much all I got. So like seeing where they went with it, I thought was really cool. Um, I kept bracing the whole time for like that stereo, like that stereotypical Pixar moment. That's going to make you cry. And I didn't really have it in this movie, but that's not a bad thing. Um, they, they get close to it. They, they get do. They gosh do. darn close. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but I feel like there would have been a lot of plot holes with with that, though. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, they yeah, I guess they could have went a different way and it would have been pulling at you quite a bit. But yeah, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are incredible. The supporting actors in this who are also pretty well known do a great job. Um I'm forgetting the character's name, but the one who keeps count, I thought was hilarious, even though he's not in it very much. Terry. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. Um, man, it was just, you know, like the lesson you get out of it is fantastic. There was never a moment where I was bored in this movie at all. Um, just it's insane to me that Pixar continues to just come up with new things and they're always good. Like they do go back to certain things. They, you know, they have multiple toy stories. And, you know, finding Nemo and that. But like every time they come out with a new idea, you you just know it's going to be good and they just never really let you down. So it's one of the few consistent, um, you know, studios in movies today. And I just yeah, I can't say enough good things about the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And what I what I will say is at the end of this movie, I felt a lot of reflection going on. And I think that's what is important to Mm -hmm. do, especially with what happened this year with COVID and keeping us inside and us all having to make these changes with masks and everything going on just in the world, in, you know, in the U.S. and in the world in general with with what happened with COVID and how all of our lives pretty much abruptly changed there. Um, soul gives us something, some perspective and, you know, you kind of have to think about at the end of it, you're, you know, I was left thinking, you know, about, you know, life, my life story and everything like that, where, you know, we all want to be. And for, for some people that'll put, you know, that's actually a scary thought. (laughs) Right. Um, but you know, Pixar wasn't afraid to talk about that. And I think in a lot of ways, like, I think we as, 
both you and I and older people in general will, will get a lot more out of this movie than maybe what kids will, mm-hmm. but kids will also enjoy it. Like the, I have to say, and everybody's been talking about it. The Knicks reference was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the whole in the zone portion of the movie I thought was just so cool. Yep. The um, slight jab at the New York Knicks. Yep. I thought it was exactly. fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did I, I say Knicks or did I say Nets? You said you said Nets, I think. Maybe you did say Nets. Right. I heard it wrong. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. Knicks. It's yep. yeah, it's definitely Knicks. Sorry if I said something different. <laughs> it's the Knicks. It's yeah. the Knicks. Yeah, it does it does make you think about like how you're living, I guess. <laughs> Which is crazy. You're watching a kids movie and then it's over and you're like, "Hold on." <laughs> do they just make me rethink how I'm living my life right now? Okay. But yeah, it's crazy crazy good movie. Um, definitely a movie I would have saw in theaters in normal circumstances and would have enjoyed every minute of it. I wouldn't have been there Christmas Day, but maybe the day after Christmas. This movie has to be so good in IMAX. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah. The like the music is spectacular. There are a couple good like HDR moments and like for me, I was just floored with how good the movie looked. Like mm-hmm. we're streaming it on Disney Plus and if people don't know, there's always some kind of problems with streaming 4k content especially on through our internet you know whether it's slow download times or upload times like the picture can get messed up during all of that and i guess i'm getting technical here but (laughs) regardless like soul looks downright fantastic Mm -hmm. i can't say how pretty of a movie this looked yep cannot recommend enough if you don't have disney plus at least use like a free seven day trial to watch it. Yes, definitely. Definitely <laughs> try to use a, a trial of some sort to watch it. And you know, there's, I have a feeling like so many people have to have Disney plus already. Like if, yeah. if you were waiting to watch it, you should just really watch it. And a lot of people online are saying to watch it. And after watching it myself, I can see why Yep. without, without question really was a perfect movie to come out on christmas if you're with you know like family or whatever um watching that it's a perfect family movie yeah it is i i'd I'd agree with that um wonder woman yeah let's talk about wonder woman now (laughs) wonder woman's kind of i think a difficult movie to talk about Uh uh-huh if i'm being completely honest because just all right here we go I yes or I no. When I came into this movie with super high, like super high expectations, yes. because people reviewing the movie said it was really good. The and trailers were that, were crazy, right? Yeah, like and, the trailers made it look fantastic. Yeah, and I think that played to Wonder Woman's downfall mm-hmm. was having like review and i guess for wonder woman's point of perspective more people watched it because it was getting good reviews but now a lot of people are hating on the movie Mm -hmm. and i i say for a good couple reasons like gal gadot playing as wonder woman is not the thing that's bad about this movie no like i'm i'm gonna shell here the the final scene that's Mm -hmm. snowing and you see gal gadot that is the prettiest woman I've ever seen. And like <laughs> it, I, it's the makeup, it's the winter time. Like it's, it's she like Gal Gadot is gorgeous just in general. And mm-hmm. that one scene, I was just like, wow, I was just floored with how I guess gorgeous she is, which I should just probably stop talking about how good <laughs> Gal Gadot looked. I, um, I don't even it's hard for me to describe this movie because I can't say that I hated it. Um, I enjoyed, you know, I, there was never a time where I was like, this movie is awful. I don't want to watch this anymore. Like it was entertaining enough for me to watch through it. But there's just stuff in there that like when I was watching it and I said to my wife, I was like, there's just a difference between the way a Marvel movie is filmed and the way a DC movie is filmed right now. And I don't know exactly what it is. For me, a lot of it was the the wire work, I guess is probably how I would describe it on Gal. Are you, when are you talking about her running? Her running, her like jumping through the air it looks weird, right? Like it kind of looks like an, no, older, an older style kung fu movie kind of. 
I think that's where I'm getting the vibes from. Like in general, at the beginning in that mall scene when they're robbing the jewelry store, like when she's like, like running through and like whipping and, and the whip part looked fine, but like she would like, like in a Marvel movie, there was like weight, right? Like when they would move in this one, she kind of like floats. And I don't know why it was like throwing me off, but it just gave me weird vibes. And I'm thinking about like when they're on the road with like the armored vehicles, when she was running looked weird. I don't know. It was just something was off about it. And I can't quite place my finger on it other than like having her suspended on wires, which is obviously what they were doing was just not working for me. Yeah. And I have to say like the, the running, what bothered me the most was the running. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is and I get they're trying to depict her going fast, but I, I don't know if it's got something to do with, you know, the movie being in post-production during COVID Mm -hmm. and something changed with that. But the, her running looks so strange. Yeah. Like it, it almost, it almost feels like she's, and literally what it feels like is she's running at, you know, Gal Gadot, the fastest she can run. Mm -hmm. And then they put the entire screen on a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah. But, but everything is supposed to be clear still. And I know a lot of people had issues with like her flying Mm -hmm. and how the wind's not blowing in her hair. It's kind of like a soft breeze. Um, and, and how that looked, but it overall, like, I, I think I liked the movie. I did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because one Pedro Pascal's villain isn't something where, um, it's kind of this ultimate boss battle. It's not this super gigantic finale where Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord, the two characters that the actors play are like just you know fight a straight up fight it's not a right. it's not a fist fight it's not a powerful fight you know wonder woman gets that with cheetah right and pedro pascal i thought played super well i okay. loved pedro pascal's and i i really liked his ambition as a villain and kind of the hook of him being a villain and his plan all made sense and that's something that I think a lot of like villains, even in Marvel movies, where I think I think DC did this villain right because it didn't need to end in a, a gigantic fist fight. There was there was no reason for it, which is how most Marvel movies end mm-hmm. in some epic fight that you know draws you in. And I just really like what they did with the ending with Pedro Pascal and uh, Kristen Wiig as mm-hmm. Cheetah. I thought she was fine. Yeah. Um, She's not really, and and, and, I hate to say it, but I don't think she really stood out as much. Yeah. um, I liked her more near the, like the beginning of the movie. I thought her character was a lot better as she slowly like turned into the, the villain there. That was kind of made me lose interest a little bit. Like I thought when she first gets her powers, right. When she's still not, you know, like I'm an evil person and that, but like, when she was starting to get noticed and all that, like I liked that version of her. Um, but after that, I just kind of lost interest in her. Uh, but yeah, I like her as an actress. I think she did well with what she had. And I think Pedro did very well with the little that he was given for his character. So him pulling off what he did, I thought was great. I know like some people may not like his, like he's really playing it up. Right. You're going from Mandalorian where he's super subdued to like this over the top character is pretty crazy. But I I really liked it, what he did with it. Yeah, so did I. And I guess the main thing, too, is I guess kind of the the weird revival of Chris Pine. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, here's how I thought about it. The, the first Wonder Woman, like Gal Gadot and Chris Pine carried the carried the movie in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I was really looking forward to seeing Gal Gadot kind of take this take this and just go in stride, be like the main person you pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But then they brought back Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor. And I don't know, like I didn't expect him to be in the movie as much as he was. So I didn't think it'd make that big of a difference. But the, the lesson in this movie is, you know, you can't, you can't cheat to fulfill your dreams and honesty is really good. Mm-hmm. And honesty will prevail over, over everything. So, you know, it was an important lesson for Diana's character to learn. I don't know if she needed to learn it this way. (laughs) Yeah. 
I I think the scenes that he was in, especially when he first comes back, I thought he did a pretty good job. Him like figuring out all the new stuff, I thought was pretty funny. But and he, he's supposed to be comedic at that point, right? Right. I just think in general, like when the movie first started, despite the way she, Wonder Woman looks when she's fighting, I was fully on board. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I I like the '80s style. Chris Pine's character is funny. Kristen Wiig's character is funny. Pedro is hilarious. Um, you know, I was fully on board. I just like there was so many plot holes going on that I was like, I I'm not one to get like bothered by plot holes, but there was so many in this movie. I was like annoyed. <laughs> like, yeah, I, if, I don't know. I think if a movie's super good, you kind of forget. Right. Those plot holes if you get engrossed in all of it. But it was it was difficult to do so. You're, I think, in a lot of ways, this movie was kind of just too long. Yeah, definitely. Um, it didn't need to be two and a half hours. Uh, one thing I will mention is, like, if if you're a moviegoer and you're looking for certain scenes, the fireworks scene is just a super duper gorgeous HDR. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, possibility in the film, and DC did the same thing with Aquaman when they take you into Atlantis. And this movie kind of does the same thing where they start, they drive a fighter jet through fireworks and it just looks super pretty. It's, it's something small that I thought I should. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I really like that part. Yeah. I just thought like in general, the movie was super colorful and it looked cool, but yeah, there was just a lot going on. It was definitely a good half hour to 45 minutes too long for sure. They could have condensed it down and it would have been fine. Um, I still like Gao as Wonder Woman, though. I think she does that pretty well. So hopefully I know they're already talking about making another one. Um, but hopefully, you know, the Batman movie coming out with uh, Robert Pattinson is better than this was. Yeah, I hope so, too. And I know, like, I'm, I'm going to be prepared for a different Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman movie because I think the director patty jenkins i'm pretty yeah, i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's her name i don't think she's doing the third i don't think she'll be directing that one from what from what i remember like rumors being about how she's just going to direct you know these two and then move on to other projects mm-hmm. so we we see what happens but i'm prepared for it to be different and i i just feel bad for dc i really i really like the dc heroes in a lot of ways and it's just too bad that um this movie didn't live up to everybody's expectations, even though that might have been impossible to live up to in the beginning. You know, to be fair, though, if in a universe where the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't exist, we would probably be all over the DC movies, right? I just yeah. think we're so like our the standard for superhero movies is so high now because of Marvel that like everything that isn't all the way that high up, we're automatically like, eh, because I think about like, the original um, like the original X-Men movies and even the first Incredible Hulk movie, I remember seeing those in the theaters and being like, man, these are fantastic. But now when you look at them and compare them to what we have now, they look terrible. <laughs> so I guess it's just Marvel's fault for making their movies too good at this point. Yeah, we, we definitely got spoiled. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're coming off of, what was it, one or two years ago where, you know, we had the biggest climactic finish to the Marvel Universe. Yep. yep. And I think if we give DC the same timeline, you know, what was it, 20 years? 10. Or, 10. 10 yeah. Sorry, 10 years. You're right. Mm-hmm. 10 years to kind of come up with the same thing. I think eventually we're going to start getting better and better stuff from them. Yeah. And, you know, we still have other origin superhero movies like we you know we're i'm looking forward to batman mm-hmm. looking forward to the flash movie that they decide to release so and the harley quinn looking... movies are fine yeah so. and i think in the battle of the christmas movies just based on uh everything we talked about soul is by far the winner. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i don't even think it's close honestly no yeah i, I completely agree and i like both the movies but mm-hmm. soul is just that much better yep agreed was there anything else? Nope, just you... those two. There's really All no right. new TV or anything to watch right now. Yeah, I will say like today I finished Big Mouth. Okay. And I know that's su- like it's a super adult series, but um it's it's good and it's funny. I love all the remarks 
like to adult humor that Big Mouth does, and it's just it's really really hilarious. <laughs> it, it it brings me back to how I used to like laugh and react to like old Family Guy episodes, like oh my god, how are they getting away with this on TV? Mm-hmm. But on a subscription service, you can get away with so much more. Yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I'm just continuously outstanded by where Big Mouth continues to take it, like multiple storylines, and everybody, everybody on that show is just great and ugly, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all we have for for this uh, podcast here. Just be on the lookout because we will probably be releasing the the big podcast with Game of the Year and Movie of the Year for us. Mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead. Is there anything else you want to just talk about in general before I start going into the outro? No, I think I'm good. All right. So with that, thank you guys for listening to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. We really appreciate every listener we've had, and you guys have helped us kind of make this, doing the podcasting and having people listen to us has made this year a lot better for both of us. Absolutely. Because we enjoy doing this. So again, thank you to everybody who's been listening. And if you liked it, please share it with your friends. The the bigger we get, the more time and effort that I can put into this. And I've we we do like doing it, so putting in more effort wouldn't bother us at all or giving us more time to do it. Yeah. And if you're interested, we have a Twitter, which I promise my New Year's resolution is to be more active on the Twitter <laughs> and to tweet more. So look out for that. We have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitch, and I swear I would I swear I would stream more, but I have an Avermedia capture card that might have been the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> uh, I should have went with Elgato, mm-hmm. but I really liked all the specs that the Avermedia went, and I just continue to have problems with getting my PlayStation for or my Switch to even show up uh, on the screen. So one day, I'll get, one day I'll get that fixed. But we have those <laughs> things. We also have a site which. You know, if you're looking for reviews on some of the games we put up there, they will be on there. Also, look for a pretty decently sized article about um, game of the year mm-hmm. and movie of the year from both of us because we both have our lists, and I have extended versions of why things are placed on the list that I have them. Mm-hmm. And other than that, just thanks for listening again, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Mm-hmm.